3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, and welcome to 3 a.m. Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your co-host, Charlie. And in this episode, we're going to be telling you the story of Raynham Hall. Right, we're doing this just by itself. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) It's been a long day already. I've been up early, and it is baking Christmas. It's Christmas baking day for us here at the white house so and as per usual now i just got off of work yeah (laughs) so we're all just very tired and i also forgot to charge my ipad so i'm struggling today (laughs) so it'd be like that but yes we're going to be telling you the story of raynham hall in norfolk england so you want to get started yeah let's do it raynham hall is a country house in norfolk england For nearly 400 years, it has been the seat of the Townsend family. The hall gave its name to the five estate villages known as the Raynhams and is reported to be haunted, providing the scene for possibly the most famous ghost photo of all time, the famous brown lady descending the staircase. Side note. What? Why did they just name... I mean, I get why they name all these ghosts after colors, but like... Well, they <laughs> they named the brown lady after her because of the dress that she was wearing. She yeah, was wearing a brown dress. It's always the brown lady or the white lady. Or the gray or the lady. lady in black. <laughs> the gray lady. Yeah. A famous mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I don't know. Get I guess creative. it just depends on like... What about the purple lady? Huh? I know. Why can't ghosts be purple? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Okay. However, the ghost has been allegedly seen infrequently since the photo was taken. Its most famous resident was Charles Townsend, 2nd Viscount Townsend, leader in the House of Lords. Raynham Hall is one of the most splendid of the great houses of Norfolk. After a false start in 1619 and the accumulation on site of a large quantity of Ketton Stone in 1621, it was rebegun in 1622. And by the time of Sir Roger Townsend's death in 1637, it was substantially complete, though apparently some rooms had not been fitted out for when the architect Sir Roger Pratt saw it a few years after Townsend's death. He recalled later, not long after it was built, I was some while in it. While it had no ornament at all, there was something divine in the symmetry of proportions of length, height, and breadth, which was harmonious to the rational soul. Whether or not Raynham Hall was the first of its kind in England, as the genealogist G.E. Cocaine averred, it was certainly one of the outstanding country houses of the period. Perhaps because of the three-year grand tour of Europe which Sir Roger had undertaken, accompanied by his mason, William Edge of Raynham, whom he paid in 1620 for 28 weeks accompanying him in England and out of England, Raynham Hall was built in an entirely new style, abandoning native tradition and following the Italian form and plan. Except for its hipped roof and Dutch gables, Raynham could easily be mistaken for a house built nearly a century later. Later extensions and interiors were designed for the second Viscount Townsend by William Kent, who brought details of the frontspiece 
on the North Front more closely in line with the manner of Inigo Jones, whose style formed the pattern for Palladianism in Britain. Working at Raynham from 1725 to 1732, Kent added the North Wing to Raynham and decorated the interior, where much of Kent's finest work can be seen, especially in the elaborately carved architectural chimney pieces, the architectural door cases, and the painted staircase imitating niches and sculpture in trumped Leo, and painted ceiling imitating mosaic in the Belisarius room. The impressive and beautiful ceiling of the Marble Hall, completed 1730, with its motif of Lord Townsend's coat of arms, was sometimes attributed in the 19th century to Inigo Jones himself. In the state dining room, Kent introduced a screen in the manner of a Roman triumphal arch that particularly irritated Lord Oxford, who saw it in 1732. The Arch of Severus, surely a most preposterous thing to introduce a building in a room, which was designed to stand in a street. In spite of a series of 20th century sales, many fine portraits still adorn Kent's splendid rooms at Raynham. Hanging beside his lovely black and white marble chimney piece in the Princess Room is a painting which is believed to be a preliminary sketch for the famous Van Dyck's portrait, Children of Charles I. Until 1904, there were many more paintings at Raynham, including several fine family portraits by Kneller and Reynolds. The most famous and valuable was Belisarius by Salvatore Rosa, which was presented to the second Viscount Townsend by King Frederick William I of Prussia. This was valued at £5,000 in 1804, but was disposed of 100 years later for £273. That's quite the drop in Quite a price. deal. <laughs> My gosh. Raynham Hall is haunted. The first recorded claim of a sighting of the ghost was by Lucia C. Stone concerning a gathering at Raynham Hall in the Christmas of 1735. Stone says that Charles Townsend had invited various guests to the hall, including a Colonel Loftus, to join in the Christmas festivities. Loftus and another guest named Hawkins said that they had seen the brown lady one night as they approached their bedrooms, noting in particular the dated brown dress she wore. The following evening, Loftus claimed to have seen the brown lady again, later reporting that on this occasion he was drawn to the specter's empty eye sockets, dark in the glowing face. Loftus's sightings led to some staff permanently leaving Raynham Hall. The legend surrounding the Brown Lady is quite a sad one. Lady Dorothy Walpole was Charles Townsend's second wife. She was Robert Walpole's prettiest sister. It's kind of. <laughs> oh my gosh. This was the 1700s. I know. <laughs> Robert Walpole was an English Whig politician, a member of Parliament for Castle Rising, a parliamentary borough in Norfolk. Charles and Dorothy married in 1713, but there were rumors that their marriage wasn't a happy one. Charles was a man with a violent temper, and he was jealous. One legend says Charles caught his wife cheating on him with Lord Wharton, a man with a reputation. He punished her by logging in her rooms at Raynham Hall. Like, slight side note. So, <laughs> I haven't thought about this in a while, but a Whig politician? When we're reading these, I don't really think about the 1700s was like i i think like barely like we weren't even a country yet <laughs> well wig politicians uh, i do remember if i'm not mistaken it was actually like uh 
wig. It was a party. Like Yeah, it's a party. It's a political party. Mm, alongside... Okay, so it was the Whig Party and the Democratic Party. Those were the two major parties in the 19th century, I guess. But this is the 18th. Well, I guess it was still around. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I just haven't well, thought about okay, that in yeah. a long so time. Okay, yeah, so because they ceased their operations, so the Whig Party stopped in 1854. Ah. So, I thought, because the Democratic... So the Whig Party was the Republican Party yeah. before the Republican it's Party just, was a thing. I haven't heard the wig, word wig I know. in like since like elementary school or something like middle school. <laughs> yeah, probably. But yeah, no, the, the wig party was the Republican Party before it was actually named that. <laughs> so was Dorothy set up? Yeah, let's see. Another legend claims Dorothy was set up. The Countess of Wharton, wife of Lord Wharton, had invited Dorothy to stay over for a couple days. She knew Dorothy's husband would never allow her to leave the house alone. Whatever the truth to the matter was, the outcome was still the same. Poor Dorothy was locked inside her own house until her death in 1726. She died of smallpox. Claims of people seeing the brown lady, Dorothy was first seen by a guest who stayed at the mansion for Christmas. She described the ghost as wearing a brown dress and that she looked just like the lady in a painting she saw in one of the rooms. Her face was glowing and her eyes were empty, dark sockets. Colonel Loftus saw her as well. His creepy claims made part of the staff resign their job at the mansion. So people saw her and people left the mansion because obviously she looked kind of creepy. Which we can look up the picture. Um, You know, obviously we'll put the picture on the website because it's a very famous picture. I mean, you could probably Google it right now if you're not listening. You know, like if you're not driving while listening like like I do when I listen to podcasts. (laughs) But it's a pretty creepy picture. And we're actually going to talk a little bit later about the speculation of it because there there was a ton of speculation about the picture. Like, was it real? Was the, it photographed? I mean, I mean was it photoshopped? Every ghost picture. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I mean, I think the picture is real. I don't see why or how anyone would take a picture like this. So, like, hear me out, okay? I don't know why anybody would take a picture like that and then I guess like keep it going for so long without eventually being like okay yeah I faked it you know what I mean yeah like Like, there's no when was it taken um, I don't know I think we say later when it was actually taken like the 1800s no wait I thought it was taken I think it was taken it had to be in the 1900s obviously yeah. They Brown, have, hold on. Well, did they see. have cameras then? Yeah. Brown Lady of Rainham Hall. This is what we do every time when we're. I know. This is why we past. have our phones on. We're like, <laughs> when were cameras around? Could they have been in a movie? Identity of the Ghost. Okay, we don't. Take, well, cameras were it? invented in 1816. Okay. So. 85 years ago. 85 years ago this year. So, like, the very. 1936 is when the photo was taken. Okay. September 19th, 1936 is when the photo was taken. So, okay, so you're talking 85 years. And I, from what I understand and what we're going to talk about a little bit later, I don't think he ever was like, this picture is not genuine. Yeah, and plus with technology nowadays, you can figure well, it out. Even even back then, it was... <laughs> Especially back then, you would think that it would be harder to fake something like that. Yeah. 
you know so i I don't know that's that's what that's so that's what i think i don't know i just i feel like it would be a lot harder to um fake that so okay so was dorothy walpole angry was she just angry like or was she angry in death let's find out the next reported sighting of the brown lady was made in 1836 by captain frederick marriott a friend of novelist charles dickens and the author of a series of popular sea novels it is said that marriott requested that he spend the night in the most haunted room of raynham hall to prove his theory that the haunting was caused by local smugglers anxious to keep people away from the area. Writing in 1891, Florence Marriott said of her father's experience. So he, so her father, so Florence's father, Frederick Marriott, told her this, what I'm about to read, um, about her, his experience staying in that room in Raynham Hall. He took possession of the room in which the portrait of the apparition hung and in which she had often been seen and slept each night with a loaded revolver under his pillow. For two days, however, he saw nothing and the third was to be the limit of his stay. On the third night, however, two young men, nephews of the baronet, knocked at his door as he was undressing to go to bed and asked him to step over to their room, which was at the other end of the corridor and give them his opinion on a new gun just arrived from London. My father was in his shirt and trousers, but as the hour was late and everybody had retired to rest except themselves, he prepared to accompany them as he was. As they were leaving the room, he caught up his revolver. In case you meet the brown lady, he said, laughing. When the inspection of the gun was over, the young men in the same spirit declared they would accompany my father back again, in case you meet the brown lady, they repeated, laughing also. The three gentlemen therefore returned to the company. The corridor was long and dark, for the lights had been extinguished, but as they reached the middle of it, they saw the glimmer of a lamp coming towards them from the other end. One of the ladies is going to visit the nurseries, whispered the young Townsend to my father. Now, the bedroom doors in that corridor faced each other, and each room had a double door with a space between as is the case with many old-fashioned houses. My father, as I have said, was in a shirt and trousers only, and his native modesty made him feel uncomfortable. So he slipped within one of the outer doors, his friends following his example, in order to conceal himself until the lady should have passed by. I have heard him describe how he watched her approaching nearer and nearer through the chink of the door until, as she was close enough for him to distinguish the colors and style of her costume. He recognized the figure as the facsimile of the portrait of the brown lady. He had his finger on the trigger of his revolver and was about to demand it to stop and give the reason for its presence there when the figure halted of its own accord before the door behind which he stood and holding the lighted lamp she carried to her features grinned in a malicious and diabolical manner at him. This act so infuriated my father, who is anything but lamb-like in disposition, that he sprang into the corridor with a bound and discharged the revolver right in her face. The figure instantly disappeared, the figure at which for several minutes three men had been looking together, and the bullet passed through the outer door of the room and on the opposite side of the corridor and lodged in the panel of the inner one. 
my father never attempted again to interfere with the brown lady of Raynham. Lady Townsend reported that the brown lady was seen in 1926 when her son and his friend claimed to have seen the ghost on the staircase, identifying the ghostly figure with the portrait of Lady Dorothy Walpole. That's such a crazy experience, I guess, like, and that's why I wanted to put it in here because, like, so he saw her. He's not the only one who saw her. There were other people who obviously saw her. Yeah, they were her. joking about it. They knew. Oh, yeah. And he literally shot a freaking revolver at her. Point blank, practically, too. Literally. Oh, it went right through her. So it went through her, and then it went through two doors, or just one? Through the outer door of the room, across from them. And into the panel of the inner door. Okay. So, yeah. So, I guess it went through two doors, pretty much. But it obviously went through her. Yeah. And she... (laughs) She Poof. I love the... I love the... The malicious, like, smile that she probably gave him. It's like... Yes. She was probably Try like, me, bitch. She, she was probably like, shoot me. What are you going to do? Shoot me? What am I going to do? It. Die? Do-, <laughs> do it, bitch. <laughs> so, oh gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> and the writing of that, I mean, she wrote that in, when did she write that? 1891? So, I'm so sorry. It took me a minute to, like, I guess figure out how to read it too. So if hopefully you guys hopefully you guys kept up with me. But I it's still like it's just, it's a crazy experience and I totally believe that. Like Oh yeah. Men. <laughs> oh yeah, and especially with the revolvers way back then cuz they were, you know, they were like, "Oh, check out my new revolver" cuz it was a new gun that had just arrived in London, like, you know. So like, yeah, rich bitches like check out my new gun that i got la, 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 la. kenny and will look at my new knife yes. i got a knife no you know they would do the same thing with a gun mm-hmm. you know it <laughs> if they just had the money to buy lots of guns oh my god i know okay <laughs> so was she mistreated or not medical documents found in the 1960s claimed quite the opposite of dorothy's miserable life According to the papers, she lived a happy and fulfilling life, and she was much loved. So why would her ghost be so malevolent? One thing is for sure, we'll never truly know what happened to her. The latest member of the Townsend family living at Raynham Hall finds comfort in having her around. I guess she's alright after all. I did, I have heard that, where she's like, okay, so, she wasn't angry, like, she wasn't an angry person in life. But her ghost is angry, And I guess that's why they were like, well, was she mistreated? Like, was she set up? Was she, you know, there's all this like speculation of what might have happened to her in life. And there was a point where he did keep, he did keep her locked up, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, she could have just been like, fuck you. (laughs) I don't know. So then the ghost was captured on tape. On September 19, 1936, Captain Hubert C. Provend, a London-based photographer working for Country Life magazine, and his assistant, Indri Shira, were taking photographs of Raynham Hall for an article. They claimed that they had already taken a photograph of the hall's main staircase and were setting up to take a second when Shira saw a vapory form gradually assuming the appearance of a woman moving down the stairs towards them. 
Under Shira's direction, Proven quickly took the cap off the lens while Shira pressed the trigger to activate the camera's flash. Later, when the negative was developed, the famous image of the brown lady was revealed. The account of Proven and Shira's ghostly experience at Raynham Hall was published in Country Life magazine on December 26, 1936, along with the photograph of the brown lady. The photograph and the account of its taking also appeared in the January 4, 1937 edition of Life magazine. Shortly thereafter, the noted paranormal investigator, Harry Price, interviewed Proven and Shira and reported, I will say at once I was impressed. I was told a perfectly simple story. Mr. Indri Shira saw the apparition descending the stairs at the precise moment when Captain Proven's head was under the black cloth. A shout and the cap was off and the flash bulb fired, with the results which we now see. I could not shake their story, and I had no right to disbelieve them. Only collusion between the two men would account for the ghost if it is a fake. The negative is entirely innocent of any faking. Some critics have claimed that Shira faked the image by putting grease or a similar substance on the lens in the shape of a figure, or moved down the stairs himself during an exposure. Others claim that the image is an accidental double exposure or that light somehow got into the camera. Joe Nickel has written that, that a detailed examination of the photograph shows evidence of double exposure. John Fairley and Simon Welfare wrote, There is a pale line above each stair tread indicating that one picture has been superimposed over the other. A patch of reflected light at the top of the right-hand banister appears twice. The magician John Booth wrote the photograph could easily be duplicated by naturalistic methods. Booth had the magician Ron Wilson cover himself in a bedsheet and descend the grand staircase at the Magic Castle in Hollywood. The fake ghost image looked very similar at the Raynham Hall photograph. <laughs> what? <laughs> why? What? Like, why the... The cover yourself, covering himself in a bed sheet just to... You know what the picture looks like. I haven't looked at it. Mock the picture. It don't look like that. <laughs> it don't look like somebody mocking a ghost in a bed sheet. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand the purpose of that. Like, I guess they were like, well, I guess they could be like easily duplicated. She's not in a bed sheet. Well, now we're gonna we're gonna go to another theory now. Thank you. Oh my you. gosh! Other critics point out that the image of the lady very closely resembles that of a standard Virgin Mary statue, as would be found in any Catholic church. The light patch covering the bottom one third of the image, resembling an inverted V shape, being very indicative, as the outer garment above it drapes down on either side at an angle. Also, the head is covered, and the hands appear to be together, as in a prayer and the square or rectangular pedestal on which she stands is also clearly visible. This strongly suggests that the photo is a simple superimposition of the Madonna statue onto the empty staircase. Okay, so this is the picture. Um, so this is the December... 26th? Yeah, December 26th. 1936? Yes, but the, the newspaper clipping. Oh, the like, newspaper, okay. So this is, um, I, I can't read the newspaper clipping, but this is the picture that was in the newspaper. So, okay, okay, I take that back. Maybe it could be, a li it's a little Virgin Mary. Like, a, a little. A little. But I don't, I still don't think so. I think that's. It does look like a ghost, a, a sheet. I don't know. 
I mean, I don't know nothing about cameras and how they work. Okay, but she's floating. She's fo- What do they get Ron, whatever his name is, to float? This isn't Beetlejuice yeah, and no it's feet. Not, it's not completely touching the, the staircase. No. I don't see how that could be that easily replicated because she's see-through. You put a freaking white bed sheet on, you're not going to be see-through. I think they, like, take the solid picture, like, without her, and then the one with this, like, sheet on a human. I don't know. And then they, like, smush them together somehow. Maybe. But I don't know how that shit works. Like, I still just don't. these hands they're talking about? Well, I guess, like, her, the way that. Her shoulders kind of. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't, I don't know. But then, like, there's other pictures, and it's like, uh, I don't know. They're not the original pictures. Yeah, where is the original picture, huh? Okay, so this must be... <laughs> oh, my God. This must be... Yes, this is the recreation of the... <laughs> Please look at that. That is so bad. What is that? That looks nothing like it. He needs to, like, tuck in the... Stop. Tuck in the sheet more on his feet. And his and face. Like... He's like being such a creeper. Oh wait, see the we're definitely putting that picture on the website because it's ridiculous. Well, maybe the way it's closed, it was like actually like you put the sheet on top of your head like a ghost at Halloween, and then you stand on a stair and then let it drape slightly in front of you, not yeah. touching the bottom stair. It'll look like you're floating. But like this. So much work. I it, it is a lot of work. You're going to prove it. I'm going to try to debunk and it. And it looks to me, honestly, like, no, I don't want to share it. Um, It looks to me like they just, like, fogged his feet out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they just, like, I don't know. And see, like, then there's this picture, which is not the original picture, because she's higher on the stairs. And this is where, I think that's where they're like virgin oh, yeah. mary. Oh yeah, that looks that's like virgin very, mary. Yeah, that's very virgin mary. But like the original picture, like that, no, is not. Like you wouldn't get virgin mary from that picture. I mean, unless There's not enough detail. No. So Corona, we saw, you know, an old black and white newspaper clipping. Right. Because uh from 1936. Where's the real picture, huh? Huh? I don't know. Did you finish reading? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> just, to me, that's just a little ridiculous. I, I don't know. I just don't see... One, I don't see the point in trying to recreate it. You know? I mean, that's how you debunk things, is see if you can do it yourself. But, and so, okay, so they did it, and it looks like crap. Yeah. So, it looks nothing... To me, it doesn't look like there is, like any slight way for it to even try and be replicated yeah you have to like i feel like with cameras then you could do it now obviously but with then like you'd have to do you can't just like edit your photo like right you have to set up everything beforehand right and what technology do they really have i mean when did they try and do that it was 36 1836 did they try and recreate it back then? Oh too? no, I, I don't know when they recreated it. It doesn't say. But when the they first tried camera came it. out in 1816, so it's only been around for 20 years. Right. So I don't know. Okay. So paranormal investigator Harry Price interviewed Hubert C. Provend and his assistant Shira. He believed the ghost story 
and the photograph were real. Okay, so Harry Price believed that it was real. Go Harry. So, yes. <laughs> I got your back, Harry. <laughs> um, okay, so and then there are other ghosts. Not very many, but there are other ghosts other than Dorothy at Random Hall. So there have been other there have been sightings of other ghosts as well, although they are lesser known than Dorothy. Other apparitions are the caretaker and his cocker spaniel, two ghostly children, and the ghost of the Duke of Monmouth. And so now we're going to talk about the Duke of Monmouth, James Scott. Okay, so James Scott was the illegitimate son of King Charles II of England. Monmouth was accused of high treason in 1683 because of a conspiracy to kill his father, the king. Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's not a phase, Dad. <laughs> Stop. I don't know. Oh my God. I've been up since like 4.15 this morning, okay? Oh it's currently 4 o'clock. I'm pushing 12 hours. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Monmouth, who was born in Rotterdam, was forced to flee from England and seek shelter in the Netherlands because he threatened to... Yeah, I mean, what? You threatened to kill... He didn't, like, conspiracy, so, like, he was planning it, kind of. So, but who did he tell? He obviously told somebody who snitched on his ass. Snitches get stitches! (laughs) He obviously told somebody who snitched on his ass, like... Oh, my God. He should have just kept his mouth shut. Seriously. He returned to England after his father's death to claim the English throne. No! No! I I wasn't here. I couldn't have done it. And it says... It's Which belonged to his... Which then it belonged to his uncle, King Jacob II. He even claimed his father was killed by Jacob II by poison. Okay, but where's the where's the autopsy on that? It's the 1600s. But I'm saying if so, who they claimed had poisons that? Back. He did. The son claimed yeah. that uh, that his uncle killed his what's dad. His name? James. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I would have been like, mm, blood test. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's the 1600s. You could have probably had tunnels of poisons then that were like super easy to not like know. They could have got his blood and somebody could have drank his blood and then like... Or he could have had like some other illness and that would have killed him too because from drinking human blood. <laughs> yeah, let's just... I'm going to die and Jamie's going to be like, oh, let me try her blood to see if it was if she was poisoned. Oh, okay, so... The <laughs> so this is going to get a little... um, Just trigger warning, I guess. I don't know. Um, So, okay, so... James James Scott, um, he was arrested on July 15th, 1685, and was executed at Tower Hill not long after. Was it him or was it Jake King Jacob? No. No, James. okay, it was James. Okay. Because pretty much because of the previous ac- accusation and then him claiming that his uncle killed him. Okay. They're like, let's just uh, get rid of the problem. Oh, my God. Okay, so he was arrested on July 15th, 1685, and was executed at Tower Hill not long after. He was arrested. It took eight blows with the axe to take his head off. After he was buried, people suddenly realized the man never had a portrait. So they exhumed his body, sewed his head back on, and portrayed him after all. I wonder how long it took them to realize 
How stinky was he? How long did it take to sew his freaking head back on? How awful was that? Because the eight blows, eight blows to the head to to, to get the head off. That poor man painting him. (laughs) It's just a room just reeks of death. And he's just like. But not only that, I want to know how long it took them to sew the head back on simply because one. It wasn't like, okay, it's it wasn't like it was just one clean, like... Go- was his, like, ass <laughs> dull or something? Like, it's not that hard. It can't be that hard to chop through a head. Oh, my God. Especially I- when that's what they did for a living, was chop people's heads off. I know. And, okay, did they not have the... the No. No? You know what I'm trying to think that of. was a you French know? thing. Was it? Yeah. What is that thing called? A guillotine. Thank you. That's what I was like. Did they not have that? Because that, that would have been a clean blow. That that was a French thing. Oh, you know, let them eat cake, and then they chopped her own head off. Right. French Revolution. And that this is why I failed history twice. Okay. I'm con- I live with Will. Okay. I know. <laughs> he just no. randomly reminds me of history. I know. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> the man in the iron mask. Others claim Jacob II didn't have the heart to kill his own nephew. The Duke of Monmouth is said to have been transported off to France to be imprisoned in one of Louis XIV's prisons. To hide his identity, he wore a mask, giving him the nickname The Man in the Iron Mask. However, the identity of The Man in the Iron Mask was never revealed, and there are more historical figures that could have been him. But why would the Duke of Monmouth haunt Raynham Hall? Because this motherfucker chopped his head off! Also, why didn't this, you know, reference the movie? What movie? The Man in the Iron Mask. I don't know what that movie is. It's, it, it's about a man. Does he have an iron yes. mask? I don't think he's like a king or, so, or a prince or something. <laughs> and then like, Shut up. he has to get out and escape. <laughs> no, I don't and know. get the thing off. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think... I don't know. I I would I know why he would haunt the freaking hall though because he chopped his they chopped his head off because they one one they thought somebody snitched on his little ass yes. saying that he was gonna kill his diddy and then he didn't did he <laughs> so and then he didn't and then Wait. then he comes back and he's like well since I didn't kill him I guess Uncle killed him. <laughs> And then he was arrested for what reason? Because we never knew what reason That's he was arrested for. Probably just for. more treason. Probably. And then they chopped his head off. And you know Terribly. he didn't, You know he didn't die right away. Oh, yeah. He was just like slowly bleeding out probably and choking on his own blood. Like, I would freaking haunt the place too. That's <laughs> Unless they missed and just smashed his skull stop. in. Stop. Please stop. Okay. But they had to properly cut it off, so they had to keep trying. Well, if they would have, pro- if they needed to properly cut it off, they would have gotten the proper freaking tools to cop to chop it off with. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's why he haunts the. <laughs> he haunts because y'all are snitches. That's why. <laughs> and guess what? His ghost gonna put you in some ditches. <laughs> stop. Like. <laughs> So, Raynham Hall today. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Raynham Hall is not open to the public. Occasionally, there are private tours, but remember that Raynham Hall is actually still a private home. Still, it's very worth taking a stroll around the 7,000-acre estate the property is in. 
Charles Townsend, 8th Marques Townsend, is the present owner of the hall. So, who wants to just take a 7,000-acre stroll? Yeah, they're not going to find you. Just take a whole tent with you. Go camping a little bit. I mean, maybe you can just conspire to... <laughs> conspire to, to kill Charles <laughs> Townsend, the 8th Marques Townsend. Oh, my God. I hope nobody in Norfolk, England is listening to this because <laughs> we're not serious. <laughs> well, you aren't. <laughs> Speaking of King Charles. Oh, my gosh. So that's just a wild story. Like, from yeah, the hauntings wild. on. We didn't help it any. <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> so, Okay. Well, that is Raynham Hall in Norfolk, England. Resources for this episode were littlehouseofhorrors.com, Wikipedia. Oh, it looks like I used Wikipedia twice. Yeah, so Wikipedia and littlehouseofhorrors.com. We will post pictures on the website. Y'all can debate amongst yourselves. Yeah, debate amongst yourselves or you can debate with us. info at 3amtalesofterror.com an angry email saying this is a fake (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh or message us on facebook whatever you want to do instagram but yeah hope you guys enjoyed the story in this it was fun to tell oh yes (laughs) i had a a fun time (laughs) with this one oh yes definitely all right well i guess we'll see you next time thank y'all bye Thanks for coming to hang out with us and letting us tell you stories. Don't forget, you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at 3AM Tales of Terror. You can find pictures from each episode there as well as our website, 3, the number 3, 3AMTalesofTerror.com. You can also subscribe with your email at our website for updates as well. If you have any questions or story ideas for us, you can email us at info at 3AMTalesofTerror.com. That's a three and not the word. If you want to support us, you can sign up to become part of our Patreon. There, you will get ad-free episodes as well as bonus content. We hope you'll join us next week. And And we hope hope you are terrified. terrified.